What's up, everybody? Welcome to Nerd Rant Live. I am your host, Jack Archer, a.k.a. The Every Nerd. How are we all doing today? Today we are talking about my favorite fandom in the world, and that is Digimon. That's right, Digimon, Digital Monsters. Digimon are the champions. Yeah, you're humming it to yourself. I, I put that thought in your head. Why are we talking about Digimon? Why? Because it's my favorite thing in the world. It is my favorite fandom I've ever been a part of. It is something <laughs> I cannot express how much I love Digimon. And today I'm having two people who love it just as much as I do. My best friend and cosplayer, Precious Cinnamon Roll, on Instagram. We're going to talk about our favorite fandom today, how it's affected us, how we got into it, our favorite episodes, characters, and seasons, and of course, the brand new Digimon Adventure reboot, and how we feel about it, and our hopes for what's going on later down this season. Now, this episode is going to mean a lot to me, so I hope you take a listen to it, even if you're not into Digimon, but at least you can understand a bit about me, a bit about other people in the fandom as well, and about why we've stuck around for as long as we have, even though our fandom literally was on death's door in the United States. But for now, enjoy the show. Hello! Welcome to Nerd Rant Live, and today I have some guests with me today. I have my buddy Alan over here. Hello. And then we have my buddy Theo right over on the other side over there. Hi, guys. All right, so welcome to Nerd Rant Live, where fandom is everything. Okay, guys, so why don't we start with Theo. Theo, how did you get introduced to Digimon? Uh, I think it started when I was a kid, and I would watch it with my older cousin. It was usually reruns, because I was only about a year old at the time when the show first aired. So I wasn't around for like the first coming of it, I guess you could say. All right. Um, all right, Alan, how about yourself? How did you come come across the Digimon? Well, me being a 90s kid, uh, when it came out in, what, 96 and stuff like that, the first episodes, I, I remember watching it as a kid. At that point, I was kind of already established as a Pokemon fan person. But at the same point, I saw, obviously, traits that were somewhat similar, but had a new different twist and everything like that. So I was definitely intrigued with the story and stuff and going into like this uh, story of the first season really got me like, you know, excited for like what the idea of everything was with Digimon with evolution and everything like that. And just the whole new world concept with it. And it just, it just been my bedrock as far as anime and, you know, it's my go-to anime for everything. So there's that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a Digimon is like that really weird fandom that everybody knew growing up, but was like, I feel like some people either liked it or they just wouldn't try it because they were such diehard Pokemon fans. I I knew somebody like that when I was growing up. Um, How about you guys? Yeah, I was pretty much that kind of person as far as uh, as far as liking uh, Digimon and stuff like that, but obviously some of my other friends were like, oh no, Pokemon's better and everything like that, and it's just like, I always kept to myself, but most of the time, yeah, no, it, it's interesting to see how different facets of people would carry to one side or another, but I was always on that swing a little bit more, so. Yeah. You see you? Um, I kind of agree, like, when I was a kid in elementary school and stuff, like, you'd always see the kids playing with, like, their Pokemon cards, trading mm-hmm. Pokemon cards and stuff like that, um, 
it was definitely the more popular of the two because the only people I really knew who even knew what Digimon was was like my cousin and my older brothers and stuff like that so I didn't really like I wasn't super into it as a kid because there was like nowhere really to kind of build it up for me everyone was always like oh my gosh like look at my Pikachu and I'm like yeah cool another Pikachu (laughs) so for me it was like um it wasn't like a major thing like in my childhood like I remember it being there but it wasn't huge because Pokemon kind of majorly overshadowed it it always felt was on that kind of state of like hey we're Pokemon we're we're taking over the world already and everybody everything else is just kind of inferior and it's like I love Pokemon even to this day Mm -hmm. but like there are just days where I'm just like Pokemon's everywhere (laughs) I I definitely agree with that like especially because you get like a new game for it every couple of years really it feels like and like the games for it were super popular whereas like the digimon games and stuff like that weren't as big or as promoted so like it was every corner well, I, there was pokemon it wasn't digimon like anywhere unless it was like a shady alley <laughs> yeah i always felt like the digimon games kind of got the higher shaft of things because it was just like hey you want to play po- digimon hey guess what you have to buy a console just to play digimon i'm like what yeah. Because you had to buy like a PS1 to play Digimon Worlds 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. And then when like Alan, you got Digimon World for the DS, but yeah. guess how I, promoted that was? Not really too much in the States, but I only remember the c- original commercials for Digimon World 3. That got played fairly well with the retail industries, but as far as other games for merchandising, there wasn't really anything there for the commercials for it, unfortunately. So, yeah, I found out about Digimon World 3 in the back of a Game Pro magazine. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's an archaic thing today is like the Game Pro magazine. Back when like video game magazines were everywhere, Nintendo Power existed, like mm-hmm. Game Informer had didn't even exist yet. It didn't even exist yet. And that's how I found out about Digimon World 3. And I'm like, wait, what? They, they, made, a, they made another game? I want it. <laughs> but yeah. So Digimon, like, to like every one of us is just a, such a unique fandom because I feel like in that. Out of our fandom, just to me, because I haven't run into too many, our fandom is like the least toxic fandom out there. Like, I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys have ever felt like that with Digimon at all. Definitely. Not. You go first. Okay. I was just going to say, like, definitely. Like, I feel like because of the type of fans that are Digimon fans, like, they don't feel like starting drama over, like, um, the new starters, which one's cooler or something like that, like they do with Pokemon, like, with Digimon, it's like everyone's just like, yeah, there's a fire-breathing dinosaur. He's pretty cool. Oh, you like the Metal Sea Lizard? Like, that's cool in reference to, like, Metal Sea Dramon. But, um, like, it it doesn't matter, like, what your favorite Digimon is or, like, how you got into it. We're just like, oh, cool. Like, you like it too. Awesome. Like, it's, I feel like one of the most chill fandoms I've ever been in. Yeah, I, I, would, I, I would say that I haven't really experienced too much toxicity with it, but more or less, I just always was enamored by when uh, you would meet other fellow uh, Digimon fans as well, that there would always be that instant connection kind of and just the pure respect of, 
okay, yeah, you like these characters as well. I like that character, but I never really saw any like really feuding over which one was better, vice versa. Obviously, if you were, you know, like pro one season or another, but that's as far as toxicity I've I have ever seen. So Yeah, I think like the farthest I've seen toxicity is people either hitting on like a specific season and the one that I it, it, I feel like it's ironic because it's my second favorite season. But Frontier, I feel like, gets the most hate because Frontier is what it is. It's like, oh, I don't like it because humans turn into Digimon. And that turned like, a lot of people off from it. And I'm like, really? But it's it's a good show. And I really feel like the word, and I've been trying to like preach this to people, is maybe some a show doesn't resonate with you. Not that like, it does with like maybe me or like you two guys – like Frontier resonated with me a lot because like Takuya is like the one character that I resonate with more so than any other character in the entire franchise. More so than like any of the other leaders, more so than Tai, more so than Davis, more so than like Masaru or Takato. Takuya is like my spirit animal. And it's ironic because <laughs> it's a show about spirits. <laughs> spirits. But um I don't know. How do you guys feel about like other toxicity like like either in a season or like in a character or something. I would say, I, uh, uh, I was going to say, I would say that it was more or less with the toxicity of uh, season like one or others where it's like, okay, you have your, uh, the nostalgia and stuff like that, trying to kind of push that a little bit more. But as far as just like leaders and stuff like that, I really grasped towards like uh, Davis and just, I don't know, I, I felt really close to, as far as resembling him in that degree. But as far as that goes, yeah. The, yeah, also, we're going to use the English name because we're American fans. <laughs> well, Davis, Daisuke, whatever you want to yeah. do. So. Um, I yeah. definitely agree with both of you. Like, um, my, my favorite season is Frontier, to be honest. And, like, I get a, like... Really? Yeah, it is. Like, I don't get, like, a lot of crap for it, but, like everybody's just like why is it frontier and i think it's my favorite because like getting to see the real world problems that the kids dealt with like with the bullying for tommy and zoe not being able to make friends and like jp like being kind of picked on for his weight and stuff it's like i related to the character so much um that like it just left an impact on me because it was seeing like another kid have to deal with this too and i also love the fact that it had a lot more lore to it with like um digimon history which i thought was really cool because you don't get a whole bunch of that in the other seasons so like yeah uh, i was just gonna say like it's just something that like i thought was cool but like it's like i kind of get like like I said, like, I don't get hate for it, but everyone's just like, oh, like, why do you like Frontier? And I'm like, I have my reasons that I like it. Yeah, it say- resonates with exactly. you. Go ahead, Alan. I was going to say, if we're going on favorite seasons, I was going to say Zero Two is obviously my favorite, even though that it gets overshadowed because, oh, it's it's not as, you know, as far as having momentum like uh, like First Adventure or Season 3 or what have it, but I just really felt as far as like the ideas of friendship and like all the kids having their own 
individual things to overcome. Obviously, season one built that with the former crest and stuff, but you saw a lot of major development with certain kids and stuff, and it was really good. But it just it gave so much more creativity to the the Digimon. I feel, but otherwise, just the whole uh, as far as just doing like that. I just felt zero two was the my favorite season, regardless of how much people would trash talk it. So yeah, and this this is actually ironic and it's weird because this actually works out perfectly because Frontier is like my second favorite, and then Digimon Zero Two is my favorite one <laughs> because I, I've told this I've told this to Alan and I think I've told this to you, Theo, where it's like there is so much subtext in Zero Two that just makes me want to pick every single relationship apart, each character mm-hmm. apart. Okay, this is why this happens. Okay, this is why this happens. Like, oh, well, TK acts like such a, like, a distant kind of dick to Cody because he got dumped by Kari. And not even dumped by Kari, Kari just she just said, I don't see you like that. And it affected him later on in that season. And we don't get to see any of that stuff on season. So that's like the reason I like it so much because there's so – the friendship is a big part of it, but it's also like the stuff that gets established in the background that you don't actually get to see. And you have mm-hmm. to kind of theorize and think about it. And that's why I like it. And then Frontier, I love it because A, the it's it's the it's a purely character-driven show. Whereas like in other seasons, the Digimon don't really get to have characters. Not really, anyways. It's like, hey, the Digimon are just kind of there to play off their human parts. And I feel like season one has like the worst bit of that whereas season three i think has the best digimon personalities mm-hmm. ever i don't know if you guys feel the same about that yeah i definitely think like season but, like, four like um, with them like being the digimon and stuff like how you said uh they like build on their personality and stuff more but um like the re- the only real like actual digimon that we have regularly in season four are Pokemon and namon um who I love so much. They're just, they're such good. And, and Patamon too, but that's not really there until like way, way yeah, late. But like Pokemon and Namon are there since like episode one, and they're just such like good side characters. Like as secondary characters, like they, they don't feel all that secondary for a lot of it because like Pokemon's always there with the book and helping them figure out stuff, and Namon's there mostly as the, the comedic relief, but. I think um, he's just chanting. Should I stay? Or should yeah. I go? Should I stay? Or should I go? Um, but I think yeah. season four did like good on like making even them have good personalities, like that matched them so well to play off with the main characters. Yeah, and just to kind of go on season four for like a little bit is like season four has the most developed digital world oh, ever yeah. out of yeah. every other season. Because season one kind of does it, but it doesn't elaborate on the world around it. It's just kind of like, here's this weird messed up place with all this weird stuff in it. Everything's different from the real world. Whereas like in Frontier, it's like, no, this is a village with people in it. There's a reason why they love this place. There's a reason why they live here. And it's just like the other seasons just don't do it all that well. well and season four also talks and, like you see the actual digital coding of the world around it like you see that it's actually a world made of like digital material like data. Data. so mm-hmm. like you don't really see that in like the first two seasons i don't remember tamers all that well because it's been a couple of years since i've watched it but like i just watched tamers a couple months ago 
And like, I think Tamers has probably, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but the least developed in like the hardest digital world to kind of like, to be honest, that digital world is the most harshest, like destructive true digital world in a sense because it's like this is another world people just die here all the time and it's kind of scary because i was thinking about like in the first part of tamers when they go into the digital world and for people who are going to shout spoiler alert i mean this is over 10 years old this this is over 10 years old guys come on um but like there's this part where they have a stampede and a digimon gets trampled to death and they're Mm -hmm. like and like tamers just watched the digimon die and i was like Oh my god, that was horrible! And the Digimon are like, that happens every day, and it kind of like, and I think Tamers probably has the the best mortality rate because when you die in Tamers, like you're dead. There's no reconfiguration. You're just dead, and it's kind of scary that the Digimon are just fine with it. Not to mention the kids, the Tamers in the beginning are just kind of like looking around, going. Um, yeah, I'm going to kill this Digimon and absorb its data. That's all fine. And I'm like, you're killing a living being and you're just fine with it? What mm-hmm. the frack? I would say with going off of uh, Season 4, I would say as far as it was really interesting, I understand how people kind of knock at it being the whole, oh, well, they're, they're being the Digimon and stuff like that. But as far as the whole idea of introducing each level of, you know, new idea of mechanics to it it was more theoretically as far as what would be the next step of okay you're you're combining with the digimon from season three now you are the digimon but the whole idea as them being the spirits of ancient past i understand that each season had their own form of past history kind of uh set it up season one had the digidescent before them uh and stuff like that season three kind of had you know somewhat past tamers in the future and stuff like that uh not future but in the past but season four because they were taking up the physical mantle of the elements they had to even though that they were kids they had to grow up quickly and assume the roles of somewhat leaders in this stance where hey these digimon are looking up to you for guidance you need to be some kind of hero to them. So you got to toughen up quickly and just understand that you have a role. You have to live it out and do the best you can because you're being seen as the entity of fire, wind, whatever, like that. So I just thought that they were a little bit more aggressive with the whole, hey, you have to assume your responsibility and assume it quickly as the kids to grow through their learning curves and stuff. Yeah, and when you and you and one of the one of my favorite episodes is the episode where it's right after Dustmon literally like kicks the shit out of everybody, like, and then Takuya has to go back to the real world. And he has a chance to stop himself and to stop his friends from getting hurt, and he kind of finally comes to terms about what the world actually is, and uh. And it's one of those episodes that really hits home because you'd seen that type of episode before. Um, and I believe it's episode 19 or 18 of Digimon Adventure where Ty is thinking he's invincible for an entire episode. And then he realizes, dude, no, you're going to die if you fuck up. You're going to die. Yeah. And then Takuya does the same thing with Koji. And then Cody 
punches him in the face says if you screw up we lose mm-hmm. and he's like Deku's like but we're the good guys we we always have to win it's just like if you think it's that simple then you shouldn't be in charge yeah. and it's one of those ones where it's like Deku just didn't think of it properly and then all of his friends just get boom wasted that episode it's one of the hardest mm-hmm. episodes to watch okay yeah so but yeah, that's what uh, I was just gonna go say. Ahead, like, I do like the similarities that they did with, um, like Takuya going back to like the real world as uh, I think it's Flamemon, um, is what they call him. Um, I think it's Flamemon. Um, but yeah. and then the parallels with that, and then season one where Ty ends up going back to the real world, um, kind of like in the past, um, and. Um, Koromon's there and everything and they can see like the outlines of the Digimon and they're confused why Kari can see them and everything so like yeah. I like that they yeah. did that um, in a later season as well because it kind of felt like it very much pulled it back to that first season with Ty yeah and I'm going to say this right now because that episode is co- milled with controversy and it, it, it implies a thing that Alan and I have both forgotten up until just now. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to f- see something really disturbing about that episode, go look up the episode where I think it's home away mm-hmm. from home. It's episode 20. Go look that up listeners and realize what they were intending to do with that episode. And you can <laughs> suffer with me. If you mm-hmm. don't, if you can, if you can stop yourself, don't go look into it because the truth behind that episode is really not okay. <laughs> um, but anyways, let's we're going to try and move on here to like, we talked about what the fandom really makes us feel unique to everyone is one of the things that makes our fandom unique is for the 90s fans is that's a fandom that died in the United States. Died. It was dead. It was basically taken off the airwaves off of pretty much all of national cable and Alan and I could both attest to this. It was not on any national cable station. It was on our, our local television station, and it was not promoted. You had to wake up at, I believe, 6.30, 7 o'clock to even watch it. Yeah, and, for uh, as far as Saturdays, depending on what uh, block you were watching here in uh, United I'm States. Saturday, I'm talking about Frontier. Well, for Frontier, Front- yeah. Remember when Frontier was on UPN? And yeah. it wasn't yeah. even, it was like no, after was. Earth and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I saw Frontier as far as when it was in the mornings and stuff like that. And that was kind of, I would say seven o'clock kind of, because you had your older adult shows uh, in the earlier mornings, five, six o'clock, but like seven, eight o'clock. I remember just watching that, getting ready for school and stuff. Yeah, I, I remember it was the last thing I could watch when I got to school because as soon as the episode ended, I had to run out the door and go to the bus because it was just like, I got to stay and watch the end. I got to stay and watch the end. I got to stay and watch the end. Okay, the end's on. Run. But like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, fr- after Frontier was done on in the United States, Digimon left the air for, I believe, about two and a half years. Um, yeah. And then Jetix got the rights for it and then started airing it again. And then they had this. I remember they had this big marathon of Digimon all the way through the all the way through not through the week, but like every weekend they like aired like every episode of Digimon for hours. 
And then I remember just thinking about like, okay, the season finale of this one is going to start then. I've got to be there that morning so I can record the first episode of so-and-so. Like, back when, yeah. you know, tape recording was a thing. That just shows you how... <laughs> but, yeah, it was like a good two years. I honestly remember looking around going, wow, Digimon's over. This sucks. And I'm like, I remember looking around like, this sucks. Like, my favorite fandom is basically dead. And then Jetix got it. And then for like, I believe the next two, three years, they would air all of Digimon's seasons one through four. And then yeah. Jetix got taken off normal cable and then got put on premium cable onto yeah. the Disney Channel Jetix, in which they aired Digimon Savers, aka Digimon Data Squad. And I don't know, how do you guys feel about Data Squad? Because I really feel like Data Squad kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Well, before uh, before we moved into Data Squad, I was gonna say that I do remember. I my family did not watch. Uh, my family did not pay for a digital cable, so we were still watching the channels one through ninety nine and everything like that. But when I went over to my uh, babysitters, they had a digital cable, and I was only able to watch the only thing that was on Digimon for that time that I was there was uh, uh, Dioboramon Returns. So that was the only time me ever watching anything off of Toon Disney. But then eventually my family did get uh, digital cable and that's when uh, uh, Savers came out. And I don't know, it just was really nice to rewatch it again after a hiatus of like two or three years of not having, you know, family not having the financial means to pay for it and stuff. And it was, it was kind of nice to watch it but i didn't really so much agree with the storyline but that's for a different part but i don't know it was nice to jump back into it after like a few years of not watch being able to watch yeah. it at all and before we go to theo here i just want to mention also people this is back in the day when digimon didn't get like dvds it didn't get it got vhs's but all the vhs's were random ass episodes i believe it was like they made two vhs's initially and then they made the third and that was it and yeah. like, and I own that third. It's called The Emperor's Last Stand, where it has the last three episodes of the Digimon Emperor storyline in Zero Two, and then it skips over an episode and shares Ken's reun reunion with Wormon, and she tells us the story of Sam and everything. Um, so it we didn't get those DVD box sets until what was it like, Alan, like 2013. Yeah, when they started uh, republishing uh, them, I think Walmart in the United States was pushing through it and just other online retailers were pushing through that. But yeah, that was the first time I've ever seen a box set for Digimon other than bootleg copies and stuff. So I had a bootleg copy, um, but Theo, what did you think of Savers? my favorite just because like, I wasn't for me a lot of it was being able to like relate to characters and stuff like that and i just i couldn't relate to the characters and savers so i actually never finished the season it is the most roughest season to watch not like because the show is bad it's just kind of like the next to tamers it's the darkest digimon series out there it's the darkest one because it's literally talking about genocide. It's talking about, like, it's, it's got a lot of xenophobia in it against Digimon. It's really, really hard to watch. And I think that's one of the things when I did try to watch it a few times 
where when I would uh, pick it up at certain uh, episodes, I, kn I know I was definitely jumping episodes, but there was different parts where like uh, Karada and everybody else and just the whole what what factor are they trying to fight against and everything else. I was just kept on kind of getting lost with it. But I don't know, it was hard to kind of keep track if you weren't keeping up with it episode by episode. So you want to know the scary thing? I remember every single episode of Digimon I missed. I, I literally, I remember every single episode of Digimon I missed while it was on, while I was airing the first time. Every single one I, I remember missing. Like, um, there are huge, huge chunks of Digimon Zero Two that I missed. I missed, and I'm going to be outing myself as like not the ultra fan that I am right now. So people can kind of shame me right now. I missed the first episode of Digimon that ever aired, and I saw the second episode, which was Birth of Birth of Grandma. That was the first episode of Digimon I ever saw, and I didn't watch the full episode. I watched it about halfway through. Like, and then I was away in Florida for the premiere of Zero Two, and then the first time I ever got to see the first episode of a Digimon season was digimon tamers when tamers aired for the first time and i was prepared for that i was prepared i'm like no i'm i've missed the first episode twice now i'm gonna see it now but yeah i i just remember like hating myself whenever i missed an episode uh yeah so um all right, let's talk about some of our favorite moments right before we get to the stuff that people are people are really staying around for and that's the digimon adventure reboot so let's start talking about our favorite seasons right here, right now. So why don't we start with Theo? Because I've been talking over Theo, and I think we both have been talking over Theo enough. Theo, what are your favorite seasons um, if you had to, like, rate them I on a list? Like I can't rate any of them really farther than season four, to be honest, because after season four, like, I didn't really like this. Like, I, didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of the seasons. Like, I watched them, but I didn't like them enough to be able to really rate them. So they're all kind of at the bottom for me, especially... Well, let's not maybe rate them. Let's just say if you had to make a list from like top to bottom in terms of the seasons, just kind of like go from your uh, most favorite to your well, least Frontier favorite. Frontier is my top favorite for sure. Um, just I don't know why because I just really. If you want to oh, think no, about I it, I can go to Alan and torture him like first. Giving me a second to think. Um, I think it goes Frontier Adventure Adventure O Two Tamers. Um, Data Squad, Fusion, and then Appmon is at, like, the very bottom. I I cannot stand Oh, that, gosh. Like, whatsoever. Uh, oh, gosh. All right, um, Alan? All right, so I'm going to be shitting on a little bit, but as far as my ordering of it, I would say... Uh, season two definitely in first place, followed by season three, season four after that, and then the remaining seasons and season one. Unfortunately, I kind of grouped them towards the same level of stuff, even though I understand season one established everything. I didn't really feel so strong about certain other seasons, but coming into it, I don't know. That's why my top three seasons one, no, season two, three, four in that succession. So, yeah. Um, and as for me, it's got, it goes Digimon Zero Two at the top, Digimon Fierce Frontier second, Digimon Adventure being at number three, 
Digimon Tamers being at four, Digimon Fusion being after that, Digimon Try, and then At Monsters. And I want to prep my prefaces by saying I don't hate At Monster At Monsters. It doesn't feel like a Digimon show, but however, I will say it is adorable as hell. I do like it. It's just not like my favorite. And I don't know if I mentioned Try already, but Try. Never mind. I'm putting Try at the dead last. I like what I'm putting they Try at the last. Try like bringing it back, trying to give us the nostalgia and stuff while also, like, introducing like, stuff that we didn't know about the digital world before, like, the fact that there were previous Digidestins and stuff, but they just didn't execute it great, like, super well, so they kind of flopped there for me. I kind of have to yeah. agree. For me, Try is just, like, and sorry to talk over you, Alan, um, why don't you go first? As far as Try goes, I, I feel it was okay for, like, everybody who was already established at that time and stuff, but other than the kind of crapped on for Zero Two, whatever, but the whole factor of uh, just realizing at this point how much time has gone by in the digital world and, like, all these questionable other seasons may or may not have been happening, just these little subtle references saying that everything is canon and stuff like that, like, going into the first episode of it where uh, Omegamon, Alphamon, uh, Omnimon is fighting Alphamon, and then he uses Ryukin Blade, or you can blade, that means that obviously, you know, Digimon that aren't necessarily in the main spotlight of the TV show are definitely canon to certain degrees. We start seeing Jessmon for the first time and everything else like that. And it's just really nice to see different Digimon or different uh, characters from different seasons or different uh, medias coming into play and being canon. So it was really nice yeah. to see that. Yeah. And for me, it's just kind of like we try. Tribe was like, hey, he, we're going to jump on this like nostalgia train, but guess what? Every one of our fans is old, so we're going to kind of kill the fact that these these people were kids, and that's why they fell in love with the show, is that this was a kid show in the beginning. And we're going to yeah. make it dark. Super yeah. dark. Super dark. Mm -hmm. Like, unbelievably dark. And that's what kind of ruined Tribe for me in the late stages of it, because it's just like, you guys went way too far with making this dark as heck way too far you didn't need to go that hard with how dark this needed to be it, at a certain point it just felt like it was trying to be edgy to be edgy it's still good if people get there if you can get the try you're probably gonna end up liking it as a casual anime fan it's just one of those anime that's just like wow they really went there they mm -hmm. really went there and I will as far just to end on it, is like one of my most hated characters in Digimon is TK. They try saved TK for me. It saved him for me because I hated him in Zero Two. I hated him. And in, in Try, I liked him a lot better. I liked him a lot better. Mainly because Kari shuts him down like the first episode in the first 10 minutes. And I checked. It's 10 minutes. But Go ahead, Alan. I was going to say, when going back over some of the different uh, characters, 
not to uh, say who or whatever, but not. it's nice to see that they put more effort into certain characters being a little bit more aware as far as, hey, what kind of impact are we leaving when we do, do have these conflicts with Digimon and stuff like that? And it just really changes their character arcs from what you would normally know them to be as far as being spry and, you know, more bubbly of certain other natures or whatever but it's really interesting to see their mindsets change as they go into older adulthood and stuff and obviously there's supposed to be them going into their late 20 you know uh late teens 20s or whatever but it's just nice to see their mindsets change into more an adult focus but still having the responsibility okay we have to take care of this because we're still the digidestic Okay, enough talking about how much we all didn't like try in the end. Let's get on to what we do like today. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Digimon Adventure Reboot Episode 1. Now, this first part, we're going to have a non-spoiler-esque thing about how we felt about it. And then in about, I want to say, let's give it five minutes. We're going to move over to the actual spoiler. So don't worry about it for like the next five minutes or so. All right, um, let's start. Okay, who wants to start with, like, how they felt about the episode episode one uh, Alan, and about the reboot? Okay. Well, as far as episode one, I felt it was really well done as far as putting everything into a modern day kind of thing. And it's just really interesting to see, like, the very first couple seconds is the f- dialing up of the internet for broadband internet at the time of like the nineties or whatever. And then going back into a smartphone kind of viewpoint of, of technology and stuff. But as far as how everything was modernized was very well done. The art style I would say was very, very good for how everything was sketched out and stuff. But I, I like how they're taking a lot of concepts from what's, the media has already been established and stuff like that. Uh, just going off of like all the promotional stuff. And I don't know if your viewers have seen, there is a world uh, world, world uh, video kind of going around as far as Digimon being out and about. And it was just, you know, promoting stuff. But as far as going over the different media, but it was definitely the focus was very heavily on that as far as what, was kind of built off of the Cyber Sleuth franchise and just kind of that as the digital world and stuff. I did like that. As far as the kids uh, being established, I liked how they were, you know, just more fun to kind of get exposed to quickly. And just the, uh, of course, the conflict itself is kind of ramped up fairly quickly as far as what the first danger is and stuff. But I liked how it had some real world implications right off the bat. But as far as the uh, evolution and stuff, I don't know. It was it was pretty nice and stuff. I don't know if you, Darian, want to have that in segments talking about it. But well, we'll I that, felt well, overall, we're gonna have the good. evolution chat one other day and how mm-hmm. like we perceive that I it works. But let's go over to Theo. Theo, Theo how did you feel about like, episode before one? Before I even watched it, because like, yeah, <laughs> everyone was very skeptical. I but, think we like, all were. <laughs> the second, yep. like within the first forty seconds, I had goosebumps. Like. I did like the way that they started the episode, like, the music, <laughs> yeah. the art, everything just felt very like put together. And I liked the fact that, mm-hmm. like Alan said, like they did such a good job of making it modern. Like it felt like the original adventure while also feeling completely different. And it, it just made me excited for more. 
Yeah. And like one of the things I wanted to say about this episode was just like I remember just sitting there watching the episode, just seeing it and just going, Well, here we go. I hope that I, I don't want to hate this. Please don't let me hate this. Please don't let me hate this. I was saying it in my head. Please don't let me hate this. I want to love this. And I did within the first the first minute. I'm just sitting here going, Holy crap, it's great. Like the fir- the thing I love about the reboot mm-hmm. is that the art style of the original is exactly the same. It's not the updated one that they did with freaking Try, where they updated the animation and everything. No, it's the exact same art style as the original, but modernized, but completely mm-hmm. modernized in today's yeah. anime state. And I love it. I love it. And it does have massive, massive cyber sleuth. Um, um, I forget what the homage. It has lots of homages to Cyber Sleuth. It's just so so amazing. Also, for people who don't know what Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth is, it is the Digimon game that is now currently on for sale on the Switch. It is currently on sale on GameStop right now. <laughs> GameStop is having a sale. Go on there and do it. Cheap plug. Anyway, and it's two games in one. You get original Cyber Sleuth, and then you get the sequel Hacker's Memory, See, all in one game it, too. So it's actually a bundle deal. Go and buy it on your Switch no, now. I don't have Cyber Sleuth. Mm-hmm. You don't have a Switch? Oh, you should get it. It's um so right before we get to the spoiler stuff, so this will be we'll use this as the time like, hey, skip ahead if you guys don't want to deal with spoilers. I'll say skip ahead. I'm keeping the timer on it right now. Skip ahead about 10 minutes before <laughs> if you want to skip the spoilers. But now I'm going to talk about the video games. The Cyber Sleuth video games is literally the best thing that could happen to Digimon and point blank. And I'm going to say this right now, and I will catch all the heat in the world. And I will, I will take the fire. I will jump into the lakes of fire in hell myself and say it myself. It is a better game than Pokemon period. Cyber wow. Sleuth is yeah. the best is a better game than Pokemon period. It, it <laughs> that takes some guts to say, but it's true. Cyber Sleuth does. Okay. I- the um, Theo, movie? have you ever seen the Summer Wars movie? Yeah, um, it's about the whole thing with I believe it's not. I don't. It's, think not, I it's have. with the Oz, um, King Cosma, that type of thing. Okay, so for people who don't know, um, the R War Game um, OVA slash movie in the middle part of Digimon the movie was made by a guy named Mamoru Honda. And he ended up making another, another film based off that kind of same concept, and all the like, not the same concept of like, oh gosh, it's hard to explain about like the internet and our interface with it, like having avatars. So it had that exact same type of feel where the Digimon, let's say Digimon are the mm-hmm. avatars, are our avatars on the internet, and he took that and turned that into a full movie. That had oh, the, basically okay. the same plot as our war game, which, which out of all the Digimon OVA slash movies is my favorite. It is my favorite one next to um, Diaboromon Strikes Back. But he ended up making a movie on it. And then somebody who was sitting in the studio one day said, guys, what if we turn that into a Digimon video game? And they're like, uh... Should we do that? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And the game is basically your detective on the internet trying to get back to your body 
which has basically turned been turned into data and your body's in a coma. So it's got the dot hack influences. It's got the it's got the visuals of our war games slash summer wars for anime fans out there. And it is so the the opportunities and choices are endless because you this is the game where you finally, finally get to pick your own Digimon. Pick your own. Yes, you have to start with like the ones that they give you, but yeah, you can pick <laughs> your own Digimon. And I cannot stress that. Because oh, yeah. this is no. the time I was like, we'd had like you can pick your own Digimon before, but it was always in like you can't see your Digimon. It's not in 3D. It's on a DS. You don't you get to have the Digimon, but you don't get to see your Digimon. It's got the very it's got the handheld um Shin Megami Tensei style thing or like Etrian odyssey type of visual where you see the enemy but you don't see your digimon and i always hated that but now you get to see your digimon in full rendered 3d and it's gorgeous it's such <laughs> a good game and that is my see, rant about cyber sleuth i probably will to be hmm. honest it's just i hope i encourage you to buy it theo i don't have a job um <laughs> Yeah, we are all feeling that. By the way, everybody, keep your heads up out there. We're 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 gonna get through this together. But go ahead, Theo. Have been um the first Digimon Rumble Arena, which is still like a favorite of mine, just because it's like so cute and fun to like go back. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's cute. Like I never got to play that game. To me, it's cute. (laughs) Um, and then I played Digimon Rearise, the mobile app game. Um. I, I took a little bit of a break from it because I, I'm like, still trying to get through that into it so much when it first came out like I was like obsessively playing it um and I needed to like take a step back so that I could like actually do other things with my life um but I think <laughs> I need to like live a life and not just play digital games <laughs> as much as I wish I could um but I thought Rearise was like a really good like yeah. mobile app um, game but because you have your go own ahead. little like Digimon Park, basically, like your own little park. Like, um, back when you used to play like Nintendogs and things like that, you had a park that all your dogs kind of chilled in. Um, it's the same in Rearise with your Digimon. So I had like uh, Gabumon chilling with a Lady Devimon, <laughs> and it's it's just like really funny and kind of cute. Listen, I love Lady Devimon. He really wants the devil. <laughs> she owns my- out of my heart. I oh. ain't complaining. I ain't complaining. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Speaking of Lady De- Devimon, are we not going to talk about how they edited out um, the bitch slap oh in um, <laughs> the invasion of the Daemon Corps? I was going to say, yeah, we could talk about individual episodes, but that could be a separate thing. Never mind. We were going to, we were. Um, Okay. We're gonna get into that. We'll talk about that in the next five minutes. Um, let's okay. finish. Like, okay, now we're gonna do the spoilers for the reboot. So if you don't want to listen to spoilers on the reboot episode, leave the podcast now. Okay. So my favorite thing, I have two favorite things from this reboot mm-hmm. that I do loved, is a we got to see Ty's mom, and I cannot express how much I love Ty's mom. You've no freaking idea how much I love Ty's mom. And the fact that know, you also get to, to see Kari right off the bat and don't have to wait for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't have to like wait forever to see that. And another thing is they establish 
the relationship between um, Taichi and Koshiro, aka Izzy, right off the bat. And that is something that I feel that throughout the seasons was diminished because of how close friends Ty and Izzy are. And it really feels like Zero Two said, no, we're not going to. We're not going to spotlight that anymore. We're not going to talk about that anymore. The, the only and thing right I off the really bat like, in the reboot, the their best friends immediately. Is the fact that they live mm-hmm. like one floor away from each other or something. Like, yeah, like I always thought that was. You don't have, like, t- you don't have Izzy running across the city to get to him anymore. Because it's making me feel like, okay, like, are they living in, um, like, is everyone living in the same complex? Like, um, how. And I can't remember what it was called. Um, yeah, are they in Heightened View Terrace then, or are they Heightened View Terrace? also moved to the same place. I know we don't know where they are right now. Is, this is a whole new world and stuff. We don't know where they are. Like twenty twenty reboot. We don't know that yet. Which like I'm excited about, but I'm also like, oh, but that was such a cool thing. Like that was the thing that connected them all. Is they all lived there at the same time. Like. That was something that I really enjoyed. Yeah, Alan, I I really did, I I didn't really notice that with the whole them living together in season one. But no, it was very nice to. It's just a, uh, it's just the same building. Yeah, no, but as far as establishing that with Izzy and Ty right off the bat, that was pretty nice to do. And just all the characters just no feeling that there was definitely the presence when, uh, you know, Agumon was first created, uh, not created, but, you know, Kormon evolved into Agumon, Ty grabs him and everything else. Just the whole interaction with the Digivices and everything else. It's just nice that all the characters just right there and then sensed it, regardless of if they were having their moment or not. It was really nice. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was really worried about, and I've, I've gone on this verbatim, I'm, I'm afraid that they're going to make all the old ship, the, all the old shipping stuff canon because they didn't do it in the original thing because that's is was a lot of people's biggest gripes about the original oh, yeah. the original she- series is all the ships were just wrong mm, yeah oh. and that the epilogue really ticked a lot of people off even though like also for people who are like still like talking about how oh try was a complete reboot it changed everything no the director came out in a magazine not too long ago and said, no, the epilogue is still canon. It is still canon. Regardless of the last evolution and regardless of Try, the Zero Two epilogue is still canon in Try, Last Evolution, and Zero One and Zero Two. Okay. So just to like get that out of the way, now that we're in a whole new world, your ships are endless. Anything could happen. For you weird people, you could be shipping Ty and Matt together, and oh, it could God, actually happen. I'm praying to God it doesn't, because Matt and Ty would be terrible for each other. Mm-hmm. They'd be horrible to each other. Um, um, any last uh, lasting I mean, things that you loved about related. it that are spoiler-related? the new outfits, like, that they felt like a more modern take of the old outfits. Like, um, I'm looking at images right now, and everybody used to wear gloves. Like, Mimi, Sora, Izzy, Matt, Ty, they all used to wear gloves, and the only person that does now is Ty. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. So, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to add something. Anybody who's seen the extremely goofy movie, you remember that guy named Bobby who actually broke the fourth wall and says, hey, everybody, you ever wonder why we're always like wearing gloves? And he actually looks underneath it. And guess what? You never see Bobby again in in another Disney movie again. Okay. (laughs) He has too many questions. Definitely is like a one thing that made it feel more modern to me because, like, in the 90s, like, the fashion and style and everything was like totally different. And, like, their outfits are still extremely similar, but have enough of a tweak that it's like, no, like, I can actually see like a kid today wearing what they're wearing versus I can't exactly see a kid today wearing like Max original, like, tank top, uh, turtleneck, uh, shirt with those yeah but so like also he's a child he's like 10 and he's um, wearing that updated versions of their outfits i just think look really cool and um i'm excited to hopefully cosplay some of the new outfits eventually (laughs) okay so the um another thing about me I've always felt weird about cosplaying any of like my any of like my favorite characters in the franchise because to me Digimon all the Digimon characters are like family to me. And that's weird to say because they're not real, but to me they're family. They've been a part of my life for over 20 years. And that was always some there was that's always <laughs> been something I could go to. So it always just feels like dude, I'd be cosplaying like my brother. And that would just be mm-hmm. weird. Okay. Like, I've cosplayed Takuya because Takuya and I are so similar, but that's about as close as you're going to get. Like, he was just a character that I thought was really adorable. And, like, I loved Patamon, so I wanted to carry around my Patamon. So I'm like, yeah, I'll be this adorable little kid. It's fine. <laughs> All right. We and got I about eight that minutes that left right before this podcast breaks off. So let's get down to the closing. But Alan, last thoughts? Uh, as far as just in Digimon in general, or just with uh, j- just the reboot? Um, just the reboot, either one. Okay. Uh, as like I said, it was very well done. I I did I did like it, and I it was just nice to see a a new take on it, but still trying to keep true to the original origins and stuff, and just the new feels that it brought with being so like digitally diverse and stuff like that heavily influenced from like stuff like cyber sleuth and stuff and as far as the first episode having its first conflict with this data eater kind kind of digimon and stuff and then the epilogue of you know going into the second episode will be about you know uh matt and ty coming together and then doing some kind of uh data malware thing for the u.s it's like, dude, that that's kind of cool, and it's already captioning our war game. And I'm like, is it still? Is it trying to tackle this too fast? As far as, hey, we're gonna try to do something towards the movies route, but it's like, this is only episode two. Why are we doing it this early? So it's just really, how do we feel about this? And yeah, just well, everything. We'll figure. Just open a can of worms. With what happens? Yeah, I think that that was just kind of like clickbait, where it's just like, hey. It's titled Our War Game. It's going to be like the movie. And to me, I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna open up the world to possibilities here. Um, but we'll talk about our hopes for the full season another time. Let's get our closing here. All right. So I'm going to ask my guest a couple of questions. Okay, Theo, 
What are um, what? Who is I your favorite character in all of Digimon? Your I favorite character. He was originally supposed to be a Digidestined, and yet, like that got taken away from him, and he ended up becoming the bad guy because of it. Like, just his character development all through O two and stuff. Like Ken is by far like my favorite character. All right, Alan. Who's your favorite character? It's got to be Davis Daisuke. It's just everything about his character development as far as like him being, in a sense, hated or been seen as awkward. Uh, him not really knowing social cues and stuff like that. But him lo- learning as far as uh, treating people with respect as much as possible and just learning to be as friendly but still taking charge when he needed to. And I just felt he buckled down at the right times even though he was, you know, a dimwit of that degree but it was nice to follow him and his journey through it and he really comes along at the very end of season two as far as why he will always be there for the team and stuff and obviously he befriended Ken he was one of the first people to really accept him as like a brother kind of thing and it just goes on to just showing how much he was able to see the good in people, regardless of what circumstances they had. So my favorite dialogue between Ken and Ken and Davis is them meeting Skull Satamon for the first time and saying, "Hey, did that <laughs> dog chew on you? We have a verdict. You're ugly." And it's just like, "Wow, they are savage. <laughs> what did they do?" Yeah. <laughs> and and like, uh, but. In terms of my favorite character, my favorite character is Takuya. There is such an energy from Takuya that I hadn't felt in most um, Goggle Boys up until that point. And he's a guy who's pushing his team all the way through to the end and never quits. Never freaking quits. Like, he he wants to be friends with, with um, Koji, even though Koji doesn't want to be best friends. And he's just like, dude, I'm not your enemy. I'm not your enemy. I just want to save the world. And we need to do that together. And not to mention, me and Takuya have the same birth month. And I'm going to go on a limb to say if they ever re- released it, we'd probably have the same birthday. Guaranteed. Hmm. But Wizard all right. Mom, so also, my favorite, favorite Digimon. One, Let's go, Theo. Be my favorite. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Alan? It's got to be in Pilgrimon Paladin mode. Just the whole lore of the Royal Knights and how they were established. But obviously coming off of like the first major movie that I saw with that was uh, Diaboramon Strikes Back. And just the whole idea of a, a, a dragon warrior person grabbing a sword that's blessed from in, uh, Omnimon's beta and just becomes this like perfect version of itself. And it just, I don't know, I just always loved that idea of the character of of that Digimon, but as far as now with the growing uh, mythology with the Royal Knights and stuff, obviously he's still the removed member from the Royal Knights, and he was the founding uh, member. But just there's so much lore with that that we still don't know where he actually stands and stuff, or if he's still currently in you know, the multiverse with that. Yeah. So um, yep. my favorite Digimon line, because I can't just pick a Digimon. I pick the whole line. My favorite Digimon is Doruman's line. It's a fox dragon. <laughs> it's cuddly and it will eventually mm-hmm. spew fire. Why not love it? 
And it, becomes, it has yep. two separate Digivolution lines, which is why I love it. One with Dragon DNA and one without it. Or not even Dragon DNA with X antibody or whatnot. I, I was just love Goromon. Uh, All right, favorite, favorite episodes. episodes are the entire Myotis Let's go. Oh, I okay. just loved him as a villain and the way they introduced Kari as like the eighth Digigestin and everything. Like it's basically episodes twenty to thirty nine of the first season, but like between all of those, I literally cannot pick a single favorite. Alan? I would say, first off the top, is Enter Flangerman, just as far as how cool and aggressive it was getting to look like, and just the idea of how Flangerman was and everything. As far as season three, I would say have to say the uh, episode with Gilmon going into Dukemon or uh, Gallantmon for the first time, and just the whole issues with Bielsmon kill, uh, killing a certain individual and everything Leomon. like that. Uh, Leomon, yeah, at the sacrifice every and season. Leomon dies every the- time. Yeah. But uh, just the whole idea of Dakato saying, I don't care. Yeah, I could easily make up a new Guillaumon. I've done it before. I don't want any just random Guillaumon that the world gives me. I want my my best friend out of that. And just showing that, yeah, the imagination and stuff that was lightly touched upon with Zero Two and stuff. It's just the whole idea that there's more possibilities with Digimon and everything like that. But as far as that goes, yeah, I got a couple favorite episodes, but those are my top couple. So my favorite episode is literally the entire Digimon world arc, which is basically starts at a very Digi Christmas and ends with Digimon world tour three, part three. It's my, Mm -hmm. it's, it opened up the world to Digimon and it showed that it's just not Japan that's going through all this stuff. But all right. I believe it's about to cut off here, but Thanks for joining me, Theo. Thanks for joining me, Alan. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys, yeah. this has been Nerd Rant Live. And that was my friends Theo and Alan, my two main Digibuddies or Digifriends or Digidestin. Uh, we're not too particular in terms with that. Um, but yeah, it was a really great chat. I really liked having them on here. We're going to reconvene around episode 13 i'm gonna try and get my other digimon friend jordan Fay to join me for that i don't even know if he's listening to this thing but if i am shout out to jordan Fay, jordan Fay slash axel blaze my former podcast partner partner i hope you're doing well once again i hope you're all doing well during quarantine and digimon episode two dropped after i had my conversation with theo and alan and it took me a while to get to my closing for this but it lit from zero to a hundred in one episode. And if you were ever skeptic on Digimon as a teenager, as an adult, go and watch the new one. It's 40 minutes of your life right now, right now, 40 minutes of your life. Episodes one and two, you're going to see what everybody, it starts out as like a kid show and then completely just like in one episode, just goes from zero to a hundred so fast I cannot encourage people more to watch this anime. Um, also, go check out Major Second. Go check out, uh, I think it's Tano Yami Baseball Girls, which is the new, another baseball anime. So I know if you're missing your baseball, your MLB, um, the season should have been starting any month now. And of course, that opening is now either going to be pushed back or it's going to be de- prolonged a little bit. So if you want to get your fill of baseball, go watch Major Second, second season, which started. And if you haven't seen Major Second yet, watch the first season. The first season 
it starts out with um, the main character as a child child. So, like, I think he's still in, like, elementary school. And then the second season is now him in, like, I believe his last year of middle school. Um, and it's one of those, another thing, the second season, and this is spoiler S, but I'm not going to spoiler too much, too much detailed. Um, it has a more, it has more females than males on a team in an anime, anime like this. I've never seen that where they've had, um, co-ed baseball teams. So I'm looking forward to see where this is going. So give it a shot. I'm really excited to see where it goes with this. Um, and I, I was a fan of the first season of major second and, it's 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 pretty great so far um but yeah thanks you guys for joining me for my second podcast episode this is the special digimon episode we're gonna have that harry potter thing up to you soon things have just gotten away quarantine brain has really kind of messed with my brain so i apologize for not getting that in sooner but we shall have that in hopefully by this week um i'm shooting for either this weekend or thursday at the earliest so hang in there um please be patient And just stay safe, everybody. Wash your damn hands and stay the fuck home. I'm sorry. That was a little harsh, but stay home for real. Let's take care of each other. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Good night.